Thanks for checking out a sermon from First United Methodist Church located in Sheridan, Wyoming. To learn more about who we are, please check out our webpage at fumcsheridanwy.org. It's from Luke, verses one through, Luke 2, 1 through 7. In those days, a decree went out from Emperor Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration and was taken while Quirinius was governor of Syria. All went to their own towns to be registered. Joseph also went from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to the city of David called Bethlehem, because he was descended from the house and family of David. He went to be registered with Mary, to whom he was engaged and who was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for her to deliver her child, and she gave birth to her firstborn son, wrapped him in bands of cloth, and laid him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks Thanks be be to God. Would you pray with me? God, I ask that the meditation of my heart and the words of my mouth be pleasing and glorifying to you. Amen. All right, so we are still in the season of preparation, anticipation, and waiting, the season we call Advent, as we celebrate the past and look toward the future. We started, can you believe it's been four weeks already? We started four weeks ago looking at the unexpected hope we're, that we're reminded of. Uh, and we looked at that through the, through the lens or through the lives of Elizabeth and Zachariah, remembering that God hears our prayers uh, and will answer them, and sometimes in very unexpected ways. We looked at the unprecedented peace uh, through the lens or through the experience of Mary in the Annunciation of Jesus when we heard about the inner peace that Mary felt when she opened herself up to the Holy Spirit's movement and said yes to serving God in a very unique way. Last week, we looked at the astonishing joy experienced in the confusion and pain of Joseph as he struggled with the news of Mary's pregnancy, and we joined Joseph in that, in that pain and grief uh, and watched as it was transformed into joy. The verses that we hear this morning are the verses that Luke tell us about Jesus' birth. Did you notice that Luke spends more time setting the context of the story of the birth than the actual birth itself? Did you notice just how short the reading was today compared to the other readings that we have had leading up to this point? Luke spends more time talking about the annunciations of Two births, John 
and Jesus spends more time talking about the meeting of Mary and Elizabeth, more time surrounding the birth and naming of John the baptizer than he does talking about the birth of Jesus. Luke, in a very short set of verses with minimum detail gives us the birth story of Jesus. I guess we can at least appreciate the fact that Luke gives us two verses that might be a little bit better than what Matthew has to say about it because Matthew tells us the birth almost in an afterthought. When you get to Matthew chapter 2, verse 1, this is what it, it says. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, almost like, oh yeah, Jesus was already born, so we're going to move on. When we read these verses in Luke, Luke invites us to pay attention to the details that are given because there are important pieces of the story we don't want to miss. There are challenges to Luke's reference to the historical record. Now, uh, Luke, I would say, is not a historian. And so if he's not a historian, I think we need to be uh, a little grace-filled when it comes to his understanding of dates and times. But the census that is mentioned here in Luke has caused difficulty for those who want to verify details with other ancient sources. So he might not have gotten the date right or the window correct. Should we just take it out? No, there's still a reason why Luke is writing, trying to help the readers to understand Mary and Joseph need to get to Bethlehem in some way or another. That's important to the story. And so Luke is trying to explain why Joseph and Mary are in Bethlehem, traveling to Bethlehem, going to Bethlehem because Bethlehem is the city of David. And this location is going to play a role in what is going to happen. Why does Luke spend so much more time talking about the context of where Jesus is going to be born instead of uh, the birth of Jesus itself? Because the context helps us to understand the theological significance of what is going on. Jesus, the son of David, Messiah, the bringer of peace, was to be born in Bethlehem. Now notice who is named in the beginning of Luke here as, as we look at the birth of Jesus. Who is named? Did you pick up on that? Caesar. Yeah, Caesar is named. The Messiah is born under Roman oppression. 
which is demonstrated in the very first couple of verses here by a forced registration or census. Would anyone truly wish to travel the days of days of days of days journey to go from Nazareth to Bethlehem unless they were forced to do so? Well, I should also add, pregnant, a wife that's pregnant. And I know we like to romanticize the story a little bit and say they probably rode on a donkey. Eh, probably not. So we notice even in this story at the beginning of the birth of Jesus, we notice the, the Roman oppression. And in the midst of that oppression, Jesus is born. Caesar Augustus, who was the bringer of peace, the Roman bringer of peace. Yet the angels in the next few verses, which Luke talks more about the angels and shepherds than he does about the birth of Jesus, the angels will get the announcement that this baby is the prince of peace. And so what do we have? We have this contrast then. We have a contrast between what is going on in the world with uh, Caesar and the, the Roman, Roman oppression that is going on, and we have the true Prince of Peace, the Messiah coming out, the real King of Kings, Lord of Lords. We are meant to see this birth as a contrast to what is going on in this moment at this time in the world. And it's this contrast that Jesus will continue to live into with his teachings and his actions. It's this contrast that we are invited to live into in our day and age, in our time. This is the context that we are given for the birth of Jesus that we can hold on to. Now, Luke does give us a few details that we like to take the liberty to unpack and look at. We hear that uh, Mary gives birth, wraps him in cloth, lays him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. When, when uh, a mother would wrap their child in bands of cloth. This was a common practice, and it demonstrates maternal care. It was also believed that to, have, uh, to wrap the child would keep the child's limbs straight so that they would grow up strong. We've heard about the manger uh, more than likely, it was a feeding place under the open sky, but it could also refer to a stall. The Greek word that's used here is only used four times in the New Testament. All four of those times is in the Gospel of Luke, and three of those are in this chapter alone, which makes it difficult to try and understand and interpret the word. 
The inn may refer to a guest room in a house, but because there was no place to sleep, Jesus was placed in the feeding trough. These details, even though they're few, are important. They're important for us to take note of because it helps emphasize the humble origins of Jesus. Not only that, but also helping us to recognize the true scandal of Christmas. The scandal here is that God would choose to come into human history completely helpless as a baby sleeping in a feeding trough. I want us just to take a moment and to consider what splendor should God have come by? What would you expect God to show up in this world? We can turn that rhetorical. That's fine. Think about it. Big white horse, a rich family. I, 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 would, I would expect to see some type of couldn't you just see the, the clouds rolling back and, and Jesus coming down? I have come. And yet, that's not what we have. I would, I would have expected something more extravagant, something more kingly, some type of spectacle. Yet Jesus was born to a young, engaged couple with no elaborate preparations or a major birth plan. In this event, in this moment, what Luke is revealing to us is that God is identifying with the powerless, the oppressed, the poor, and the homeless. What a startling way to demonstrate love that God has for humanity. When the world around Joseph and Mary wouldn't make room for Jesus to be born, Jesus came anyway. And for those that would make room for him, their lives would be forever transformed and changed by this startling love that God demonstrates in this story that Luke doesn't want us to overlook. I wonder, I wonder if the Patty D Show will help us understand more about this type of startling love today. So shall we tune in? Uh, and find out.
Maybe that helps. <gasps> anyway, we did hear about their their amazing journey that they were planning, knowing that it was it was going to be a really rough road. And um, so today, I did to come to Bethlehem and to be at the stable with Joseph and Mary and see what's happening. So come with me to the stable. Hello, hello. I'm sorry to, to disturb you. Would you have a few minutes to tell me what's happening here? Well, uh, you woke me up. Why do humans keep waking me up? How can I help you? Well, this is a stable, right? Why are there humans sleeping here? Uh, I'm not sure. They just showed up, moved right in, making all kinds of racket. We had to give up our most comfortable spots for them. I, I did hear one of them say they've traveled all the way from Nazareth, but they should have found a different place to stay. This is our home. I'm trying to get back to sleep, but I can't get comfortable and there's too much noise. What's going on in here? Oh, this lady is asking us questions about what is going on in our stable. Oh, and who are you? Well, People call me um, Patty D, uh, friends call me Diane, but uh, yeah, I have a talk show uh, and I'm the host and we've been following Joseph and Mary and the story of the birth and so I'm here to interview um, the stable mates to see why there's people here and what is going on. Um, I know this is an incredible story. Uh, Mary, Mary, the gal over there, will be giving birth any day now. He is the. He will be the son of God. Uh, well, I did hear about them coming. About that, uh, it seems like an interesting place to give birth to a baby. And in our home? It must be really hard to have someone in your home that you've never met before. I heard them saying that they couldn't find any other place. I guess we can make some room for them. And it is hard to share the home sometime. I haven't slept very well the last couple of nights, but I feel like I need to make room for them 
I can tell that there is something special going on here. Well, you're right about that. We can share our home and show love to these strangers by welcoming them. We might not get a lot of sleep the next few days, but we can do our best to be good hosts. I do. Speaking of sleep, I'm tired. Is it all right if I take a nap now? <laughs> oh, sure. Go ahead and take a nap. I'm sure you're tired. Thank you for joining us today. Join us again next week when we have another episode of the Patty D Show. And may Christ be with us all. Thank you. May, may we, may we make room in our hearts for God to move and to work in us, being transformed by this startling love so that we can share the story of Christmas. Would you pray with me? God, we thank you. We thank you for this story that draws us deeper into connection with you. Help us to make room for you to move and to work as we strive to live out your love each and every day. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this week's sermon. We would love for you to join us again for worship in person or online, and we look forward to being with you next time.